Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Marvel 30 Questions, Hawkeye 30 Questions, where each week we ask 30 questions about the show Hawkeye on Disney+. I'm your host, Adam Portress, and joining me today, Sweet Sean Kovacs from the internet. Hey, that's me. I'm Sweet Sean Kovacs from the internet. Bruce Leslie is not here this week. He is uh, he's, he's too much Christmas cheer. You know, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you know, everybody's just like, oh, holiday cheer, all this kind of good stuff. No, Bruce had way too much of it, and he wasn't able to come here today. But do not worry. We have Bruce's questions. Bruce is here in spirit. Yes. Talk to a spirit, Bruce. Ooh, something like that. I don't know. Anyways. I like trick arrows. <laughs> so this is uh, Hawkeye, season one, episode six, entitled, So This Is Christmas, question mark. Uh, first question comes to us from Peter. Peter writes, Adam, according to the official metric, Hawkeye is officially a Christmas show, or does Christmas not play a big enough role? Thanks for the great show, and Merry Christmas, Peter, a.k.a. not so bad looking. Well, uh, I, I have an answer for this, but I think our answers are going to be different, okay. which is that, which is that, you know, a main plot point is that he needs to get home for Christmas. And so I think that just having that, not having it be a background thing, that it's, ev- it's even part of the dynamic of the show itself, uh, makes it a Christmas entity. Sean, you ignorant slut. No, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually agree wholeheartedly. So here's here's the thing. According to, according to me, and that's the only metric that matters, uh, a Christmas movie needs to have Christmas as its central point, i.e. Christmas has to take place, or the, the story has to take place at Christmas. Christmas needs to be the reason for the story. For example, uh, with, this, with this show, if Clint is not, uh, if not for Christmas, Clint would not be here. If not for all of these things, it's like Christmas is tied into the story in such a way that if you removed it, he would not be there. And so, ergo, this is this is indeed a, a Christmas a Christmas show. Whereas, it's a Wonderful Life. While it happens during Christmas, Christmas is just the background character for that movie. It is not integral. You could have that story play out at Easter, and it would be exactly the same thing. It's really a man taking a look back at his life and re, uh, you know, recounting everything, going, you know what, I'm a much luckier person for being alive and being who I am and with the people that I am. Uh, so it's not necessarily about Christmas itself, uh, though it's always played at Christmas. So, But yes, yeah, so I would say Hawkeye definitely falls under the uh, officially a Christmas show on account of you got to have Christmas, otherwise the show doesn't really exist. Right. Uh, Bruce's question two. Uh, this, this, I'm sure the guy I'm asking this one, cause I know that you've got the best answer. What's your, Bruce asks, what's your favorite trick arrow? And I know why you chose this question. Cause you want to get me all fired up. <laughs> uh, there isn't a good trick arrow. They're all bad. Uh, it, it takes me right out of the show. Every time there is a, a bag full of stupidity. And, uh, so the best trick arrow is none. Keep me on this trick arrow thing. I like, and this episode was chock a block full of them. And I like the fact that Clint makes them all and everything. And just, she goes, What, you got more of these? It's like, Girl, I make these things. Like, this is my bag. All right. Not only am I this, you know, amazing archer, I'm also making all these things too. I think one of my favorite, because we get a lot of different ones. We got like a smoke bomb one that's probably got some pepper gas in it. Uh, We got one that freezes a dude's leg off and just shatters the leg. That was dope. Uh, I like the. It, they do like two separate ones of this, but the one that I like especially is the one where the arrow goes into the guy's chest, and then all of these like uh, these metal 
like needles needles or whatever start to fly off and then hit people and knock them out and have them go to sleep and stuff i'm like oh god please no i don't need any of that that is like the worst you're even standing around a guy who got shot with that arrow guess what you also are getting jacked no thanks yikes let's go to question three kingpin right out of the gate Where is he meeting Eleanor, Kate's mom? Is that his office with the beaded curtain and everything? This feels like a like a place that he he owns to where they can just uh, siphon money through it, just launder money money through this establishment that uh, mysteriously gets burned down after a couple of weeks. Just is it like a Tony Soprano at the funeral home kind of thing? Like what is going on here? Yeah, I, I feel it's just that this front and I, I, <laughs> I love the actually I love the unanswered questions with all of this because what is this place? Why is this Kingpin's attire right now? Why is what's he what's he wearing and why is he wearing it currently? I, I don't know, <laughs> but like at the same time too, I like it because it's like why? What's going? Why are you wearing a red Hawaiian shirt with your Kingpin outfit over it, hanging out in what is clearly just some odd you know, tiki bar from the eighties. I don't know, but I'm kind of about it. And, you know, one of the things that I saw online is that people wanted to know whether this is the same Kingpin or whether it's him playing a character called the Kingpin. That's a different version. And it's nice to know that right out of the gate that, you know, both the makers of the show and the actor himself is like, nah, it's the same guy. Yeah. Um, so that there's no question marks. There's no stupid uh, nerd anger at each other over who has the right answer. They call him Fisk, so you know it's like, no, that's that's him. It's all the same guy, and that's great. Number four, uh, this one comes to us from Andrew. What if, not that what if, Vanessa, Wilson's Fisk's wife, got blipped? The kingpin is exactly the kind of person who would say, she's perfect, she did nothing uh, She did. She did nothing to deserve to be taken from this existence. And then when he found Hawkeye and convinced Clint that truly evil people deserve to die rather than Clint's loved ones, I uh, it would explain Clint's... Uh, why Clint changed and why he harbors so much guilt. Andrew Davison is in that one. Well, you know, I, that's, that's a cool theory. I, I do like that theory, but I, I think that it, Clint is his own man. You know, if, if we've learned anything from this show, it's that he is convinced with facts, not with anything else, you know, mm-hmm. I, and, and especially when it comes to something like, like the blip, you know, he, he knows what went down. He's not going to be convinced of something else. I don't believe. And, and I know that, that he's done an overhaul on, on who he is uh, as, as a character um, from this to what we got in the Avengers movies. But I think that they needed to do that anyway, because he was such a blank slate and, and I like what they've done with him. Yeah. I I don't know that, the Clint connection needs to be there, but I, I do like the idea. And I, I, I certainly think that he would be one of those that would have taken her blipness uh, into, you know, overcharge and just be like, you know what? No, I'm burning this world down even more now. Like mm-hmm. I, I could definitely see that, but I don't know that Clint would like, I think you're right. I don't know that Clint would have been, you know, could have been swayed one way or the other, especially by the likes of that guy. And especially because he knows who he is too. 
You yeah. know, and we find that out in the last episode. Like he knows him by the name Kingpin. Not even not even Wilson Fisk. He knows Kingpin. So yeah. you know, he, and he, doesn't he, like him. No, yeah, exactly. He's already on that leg. The, uh, nope, this dude's no good. Number five. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the changes to Kingpin's drip since the Netflix days? I had to put this question in because Bruce Leslie wrote the word drip. I knew and that's I'm why like, I get it. I was like, you know what? This this is ways to get your uh, question into the show. It's just just be an old man saying the word drip. Uh, I think I don't know. It's kind of fun. <laughs> With that, it feels to me like like uh, like maybe Bruce had something to do with with the outfits that he might have had a say in what the kingpin is wearing on the show. <laughs> but guys, what if he wore a Hawaiian shirt? Just wore, like you'd still keep the white coat and stuff on the outside. That's perfectly fine. But he needs to have like a little bit of fun. And he's even got like a little necklace on and everything. He does. It's like what? And he's, and he's got a hat. I wish the hat was a little better. I like the hat. I like the idea of the hat. I don't know that I like that hat shaped that way. I know that's super particular and funky, but like I'm like, hat good, that hat, and at least shaped that way, it could have been better. I have a lot of opinions on like classic hats. <laughs> and if it ain't right, I don't like it. Like Sometimes it's like, oh, perfect. And other times it's like, uh, y'all didn't shape that right, or like you know, somebody you didn't have a hatter on stage, so to speak. It's hard to it's hard to get it right, but when it's right, man alive, it's really good. And and not for nothing, I think uh, you know me and old Vincent D'Onofrio suffer from the same big noggin syndrome. So mm-hmm. I know how tough it would be to get you know a proper good looking hat on a on a on a man with a a brain that big. So I, you know, I get it. I get I get the problems. Like Humphrey Bogart's hat guy, that guy didn't make enough money. Those hats are perfect. Well, believe it or not, that hat company that's actually at the end, that's uh, worn by the both of them at the end of Casablanca and everything, they uh, filed bankruptcy in 1980. Oh, wow. And, uh, but they've been bought over by you know a couple other companies, but they still make, uh, still make hats over in Italy and all that kind of stuff. Still, a, still hmm. a hatter to this day. Yeah, I know more about hats than I should. And I don't even wear hats. Wow, I'm, not I'm, even, I'm, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. I, I'm not even a hat wearer, really. I don't think my, like I said, big head. I don't think I look particularly good in, in big hats, but I, I happen to know a thing or two. From accidents. Thanks, YouTube. Uh, but yeah, listen, I'm all about it. And I, I kind of like that we don't know and we don't get like a good, this is my cabana wear. I don't, what, what's your problem with it? Is it not good right. enough for you? It's high quality. Right. You know, it's fine. Number six. Number six, Kingpin has a meat grinder attached to his desk. Do you think that's functional or is it just to serve as a warning? I think it's both of those things. It's function. It's a warning. And by the way, it's functional. So you think I'm playing around. Oh, what's even worse though, is if like he actually used it at some point, but like he's lazy and doesn't want to clean it. So all the oh, gear still got people inside of it. Yikes. Gets a little bit. You walk into the office like, Oh, what, what, what's going yikes. on in here? Oh, I'm sorry. I, you know, what's his nose? Uh, what, what was that? What was his manservant's name? Tony or some such. I don't remember. Uh, he hasn't cleaned it out this week yet. He's on, oh he's on vacation. <laughs> hasn't cleaned the meat grinder on the desk yet. <laughs> got a little bit of got a little bit of people still in it. It's all right. <laughs> light a candle. Just light a candle over there in the corner. It'll be fine. It radiates. It's a radiator. It's just hiding the smell. It's not fixing the smell. <sighs> he gets back on Tuesday. Okay. <laughs> just give him a break. 
Number seven. Uh, D'Onofrio played Kingpin in an R-rated series on Netflix. Does he bring the same level of sinister-esque villainry to a PG-13 show? That comes from Justin Strawn, a.k.a. St. Kitts. Uh, you know, I think that uh, as a return to this character, I think he's great. I, but I do agree with the menace aspect to it. Some of the menace is missing. But I, I, I think we're going to get plenty of that down the line. I think just having the having him come back is doing a lot of the heavy lifting, quite honestly. Yeah. And, you know. I don't know how many Disney shows we're going to see a, a man get his his head obliterate, uh, obliterated in a car door from yeah, just that being would be slammed zero. nonstop. <laughs> zero of zero. That was when you were just like, oh, okay, uh, this guy's this guy's scary. Like, he, not only does he kill this, like he doesn't stop killing him way after he's dead. <laughs> uh, but no, I don't. I don't think he needs to have you know that R rated level here. But I certainly, when we get into what I would hope will be the inevitable, you know, return of uh, of Daredevil on on the small screen. I feel like he's got it. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. Actually, let's go into question number eight. Bruce writes: I thought the debut of David Aja's suit was spectacular. This is the go-to Hawkeye costume. Is this the go-to Hawkeye costume from here on out? Uh, I hope not. I don't like this costume. Um, there's a lot that I don't like about this last episode. Um, I, I think that he is, uh, he is someone who doesn't need a costume probably, and, and, and not probably, and absolutely would not have one if he is an operative. Why have something that uh, identifies him instantly from far away? I, it, it doesn't make much sense to me. It's, it's, it's the Punisher problem, right? Like if the Punisher has this giant white skull on his shirt, People know who he is immediately. Like, yeah. what, what's the point to that? And so, it, the 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 real life part of this, it, it, I find to be a bit of a bummer. Like, you know, remember how great it was when Daredevil that first season didn't have his red costume, and then yeah. at the end he got that costume, and we were all like, "Eh, I liked him without it." I feel the same way about Hawkeye. I like him better without it. Yeah, I mean, I guess. At least with that suit, and unlike Kate's, it's it's the opposite color scheme where it's black and there's one purple stripe in it as, as the main focal point versus the opposite way for Kate, which so, like, that one, that's the real outlier there. Somebody rolls up in a big giant purple suit, and that's, of course, why we don't have, you know, Hawkeye looking like the Hawkeye from the comics because it's like, what? Why, why would you have that? That's insane. Like, but we're at the same time too. I, I I do like us going down sort of some sort of comic booky avenue, but with this character and the way that the character has been shown uh, throughout all of the Marvel stuff, I think you're right. I don't know that he would necessarily uh, cordon to the same outfit all the time, or one that makes him at least more identifiable quicker. I mean, he even mentions that in the in in the first or second episode when she's like, you need to be more identifiable. And he's like, that's kind of against the point. <laughs> that's not what I do. I'm kind of the guy who sneaks in under the wire and just does what he's got to do and gets out. Nobody knows the better. If I come right. in with a big giant hawk thing on top of my head, you know, people are going to start <laughs> asking questions. Mm-hmm. Number nine. So just how many tracksuit mafia bros are there? Are there hundreds? 
this was my biggest bone of contention with this episode. It's like, how many of these dudes are there? They keep coming out, and are they all Russian guys? Right. Like, like, is that is is that a prerequisite? Do you have a couple Irishmen in there just to like liven it up a little bit every now and then, or or is it strictly? Or and is there a guy who's faking a Russian accent just so he could be in the tracksuit? <laughs> and, and, and the other question I have is that some of them are wearing green tracksuits. So is there like a a hierarchy program where the tracksuit color corresponds with your rank in the tracksuit mafia? Get behind the greenies. <laughs> Just send them out there first, get all shot up, and then us red suits can come in and start you know mopping up. Exactly. Is that the point? I, I, I don't understand it. And also, they, they they all correspond. So, you know, all you have to do is find who's buying all these tracksuits, and then and, and you take it from there. You know, you bring in the National Guard to 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 disband these folks. <laughs> just let them go. They're just they're just Russian immigrants that want to kill a couple people. They're living the American dream. Let them have. Let them be. I mean, their name is the Tracksuit Mafia, and they all wear tracksuits. Just track down the tracksuits. Yeah, like find find, find out the Adidas uh, outlet that's selling all of these things, and just shut it down, or at least keep tabs on it. You know, to right. be like if if if. They, if someone comes up with an order for 300 tracksuits, maybe that ought to raise an eyebrow. It's all the same style. Like, come on, let's get it together. Yeah, get everybody looking at the same. Oh, you're starting a big like basketball league here or something? Something like that, yeah. Just uh, give me 100 of them, please. All, all size medium. <laughs> Number 10, like Kingpin does with Kate's mom, have you ever had a, in the spirit of the holidays, I'm not going to be ripping you a new asshole moment? Uh, it, it doesn't correspond with the holidays, but I have had that on several occasions where it's like, you know, you're new or you're trying your best. Those are the moments where I, I, I I hold off. It's when someone should already know better and they're not being better and they're actually being, uh, pretty, pretty angry about it, even though it's their fault. That's when I rip people. Yeah. For me, I'm not a big ripper. Yeah, I, I try not to, or at least I, I, I do in a very condescending way. I know that's going to sound surprising, uh, but mm. <laughs> yeah, no, strange. But uh, yeah, I, I talked about it in, in like our uh, in our Patreon pre-show for uh, Hero Movie Podcast, where this week I, I did have a lady who was just, you know, decided to take the spirit of the law into her own hands and just kind of do whatever she wants and bring four <laughs> pizzas into a giant movie theater that didn't like we weren't we were serving popcorn and drinks and candy and all that kind of good stuff but we didn't have our main meals so she was just like you know what I'm gonna go out and get me some pizzas and bring this in the store and I I, I had a little I had a little moment where I was just like you know what I'm gonna let this lady go just so I don't have to fight with this person just do whatever you're gonna do leave me alone and uh Sometimes you have to do that. Just just let the spirit of the holiday or the season t- overtake you and just go, you know what? I'm going to be the bigger person here and just let it go because, my God. It's, it's, it's nice to live your life with a little bit of grace. That's for sure. Yeah. It's like, you know what? I, I, I could be this person right now, but I, I don't want to make this literal Christmas day, you know, hell for everybody else. So fine. Do whatever you're going to do. I don't care. Leave me alone. But like most of my thing, most of my problems could be solved with, will it make you leave me alone? Let's do that now. Because <laughs> if you will dis, I will do whatever you want. If you promise me that right after I do it, you disappear and I never see you again, I'll do that. Can we do that option? Let's do that option. Number 11. 
If you were Clint Barton, would you have waited so long to use the secret whistle? What is wrong with this man? These this whistle should be like I'd be like, yeah, and, and oh god. And at the same time too. Oh, you knew my sister. Oh, that's great and everything. Uh, I don't believe you until you do this whistle. She certainly wouldn't have done this whistle with anybody, but what, what, what? I don't get it. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot there. Uh, it, it, also, the fact that we've got archers and there's a secret whistle. It's an awful lot like Hunger Games. That's <laughs> uh, not great. Man, you remember in episode six where Rue got killed? It was it was terrible. <laughs> little little I girl. Think that- I, I think that, you know, when it comes to stuff like this, right? Like I always, I always chalk this up to Voltron's blazing sword where, you know, right off the bait, right off the bat, you're fighting a row beast. If the second that row beast shows up, if you form the blazing sword, there's no show. Yeah. Get it you got to wait, you know, so you put on a show for the people then you form the blazing sword and you take out the row beast. It's that easy. And it's the same thing when it comes to the, the whistle, like, Hey, let's see uh, these two go at it for a little bit. See what that looks like. And you know, we do. And then, and then he gives you the, the hunger games whistle and everything's fine. I, I don't know. At least at the same time too, it'd be, it would have been funny if he would have been like, I wish I would have done that 20 minutes earlier. Like at least that would have been like, you know, acknowledging yes. that like, I I sh- I had this one in my back pocket the whole time and I didn't even think about it. What a what a what an idiot I am. But the problem with that is that the second that you start doing that and and Marvel does that a lot actually where they have those 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 joke asides. If you have too many of those, then it takes away from the ultimate product or the the ultimate uh, product, the ultimate storyline. Well, you can, and you it, can saturate it too much with that stuff and then it just becomes yes. it becomes family guy. Like the time I stopped watching Family Guy it was honest to god, I was watching a show and I I knew what the cutaway joke was before it was done. And I was just like if I if I can predict what your joke's going to be, you're done. Yeah. You're you're done. I I can't watch this anymore because I've I've outsmarted the show. And not, not you know, this, I can't, and, and it I can't wasn't remember, that smart. <laughs> I can't remember who came up with this first, but this is not my own. But the, you know, Marvel has a whole lot of those jokes that are the, well, that just happened. You mm-hmm. know, um, they have a whole lot of those. And when you do that, it's fine. You know, it, it's, it's a, at this point now, that's low fruit for, for Marvel. And, and I, I'd like to see a little less of that. Like, I still like that they're funny. I still want to keep that same vein, but having them, having it happen too often, like you said, um, it just, it just takes away from, from their ultimate goal. And, and, and I'm, I'm kind of glad that they didn't do it. Yeah. It can, it can be a little much question 12. So exactly where does Clint keep getting pin particles from? This is a good question, and it felt like they almost kind of said, but then decided not to, because he's like Clint's got a whole like arsenal of all kinds of stuff. Not only is there a whole bunch of Pym stuff in there, there's all of this this Stark tech and everything as well. That's like he's just, uh, yeah. you know, got a, got a a Pelican case for everything. Yeah, it's like he's loaded up with all of this these goodies. 
I was like, all right, we'll just take this one out and we'll do all that kind of like. And to me, that was another like little fun Christmas element that seemed very Home Alone esque. Is them just kind of getting all of their all of their traps well, and is. everything set to I mean, go. I, I, there, there's a whole lot of nods. I mean, you know, that, that's one of the questions I think that we had last week, which was when's the Die Hard reference coming in? And the, you know, having the, there is a whole lot of Home Alone references in, in Hawkeye. Uh, which isn't necessarily a bad thing until it comes to the stupid trick arrows. But <laughs> the, I, the, the thing that I just keep picturing is that he keeps having to go to Henry Pym and asking him for more and, and, and just Michael Douglas, just getting more and more angry. I gave you five, five barrels of that last week. Why have you messed up now? <laughs> You're not getting any more. You're cut off. <laughs> 13. Is there anything that sums up not only Haw- the Hawkeye series, but also Hawkeye as a character better than when Kate says, when I saw you jump from that building, even though you can't fly, even though you don't have superpowers, and I thought, if he can do that, I don't have any. I, I don't have to be scared. You showed me that being a hero isn't just for people who can fly or shoot lasers out of their hands. It's for anyone brave enough to do what's right, no matter the cost. Yeah. And the reason why is because that is too wordy and too. It's a little too, much for, for, you know, but, uh, but overall it is like, to me, it was one of the best parts of, of this episode was really distilling who this character is down to this ultimate thing and him actually being told this. And that's, that's another part is that, you know, not everybody who does these sorts of things has somebody saying, Hey, I see what you're doing and I think you're doing an amazing job. And, and that's kind of been the whole Hawkeye thing. Even, you know, even when we go to the, uh, you know, the musical and stuff like Hawkeye, he's a really great guy. He does some cool stuff. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Whatever. But you know, she goes, no, you don't have the same flashy things that all these people do, but deep down you are a good person who's very good at this thing and that you won't stop at anything until, you know, you solve the the problem that needs to be solved. And between that and him actually, you know, calling her his partner and stuff, just like the look on Haley Steinfeld's face and everything. Like, I love her so much. She's such a great little actress. And she is. But when she hears that, that like he just called me, you know, his partner, his, his, you know, more or less equal. The thing that she has wanted since she saw him, you know, you know, ten years prior, killing Chutari's jumping out of a building. She's she's finally, you know, been brought into that fold. And like that's it, that's an amazing, you know, run for that character. It's just like you've come out of nowhere to be, guess what? You're gonna you're gonna be an Avenger, <laughs> essentially. You know, the I think I think the problem that I'm having, and 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 it's a problem that you and Bruce don't seem to have with the show, is that at the end of the third episode of the show, it just had, it was just firing on all cylinders for me. Like I, I love where they were headed. I think it, that it was, it was just terrific, but then everything after that third episode, it just kind of dropped for me. You know, the, the, some of the choices that were made, I, I just didn't agree with. I think that there, the, I think there's a lot of ham fisted moments on the show that weren't, in the third episode. And it, it, it was just a bit of a disappointment for me. I don't hate it. I, I still like the show, but I'll, I'll watch it next Christmas, but I, I don't, I don't think that it reaches the levels that the, that that third episode did. I, I can see that. And, and ultimately, you know, for me, while I, I liked everything, it didn't have the end didn't have that kind of final punch that like, 
all the others did. This felt mm-hmm. like it was going in that direction where it's just like, hey, here's where the future's kind of going. And you're like, cool. As opposed to here's where the future's going. Grab your butt because you're going to need it. It's This is going to be wild. Like, it wasn't that. It was just a like, you're going to like the next thing that comes up when it does. We'll see you then. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, and that's fine. That's fine and good. But that isn't that like, oh shit, here we go. That didn't happen this show. And, and, but at the same time, too, I almost want to say we need to be okay with that sometimes. I think, <laughs> you know, yeah, I totally agree. I, I, you know, I don't need a big like dun 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 at the end. I don't, I, I don't need it. Um, it, it loses its power if you keep doing that. You know, just ask him like Sham a lot about that. Like, I think that having just a, a, a successful, good ending to a thing is, is, is more than enough. You don't need to have the next, like, and here's what's coming next. And here's what's coming next. Yeah. You don't need that. Did you not crap the bed? Good. Do, do, yeah. do, have that be your victory lap. You know? Right. Yeah. Uh, question number 14 for Bruce comes to us from Justin. Justin writes in, is Kazi the worst bad guy in the MCU? He always seems to get his butt kicked. He does, but the worst villain in the MCU is Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> I totally forget. I don't what even she remember is. her character's name. Yeah. That char- what a lame, lame bad guy. Yeah, but at least as far as well, the big thing with him though is at least he's not even like you know the the big baddie of all of it. He's got all of these these ideas of like, yeah, here's what I like. I feel like he's a tough guy, like a wannabe tough guy. Who's not really a tough guy, but desperately wants everyone to think that he's this great tough guy. Yes. Agreed. It's like, this was supposed to be my world. You're not supposed to be it. I'm the bad guy. Like I hate those people in real life too. The ones that are just like, (laughs) everything is always bad. And it is, it is my lot in life to be pooped on all the time. And it's like, bro, just get over yourself. Yeah. It's going to be fine. It's like, but, but this is who I am. Like you've wrapped up your entire life in being like a mid-level crime guy. (laughs) That's who you are. Like if you were Kingpin, I'd understand that kind of like, this is who I am. This is what I do. I'm the Kingpin. I run this place. I have to be this way. He's like, I, I kind of follow this guy around a whole bunch and like, I didn't want you to be involved in it, but it turns out you're better at this than I am. So you are, and I don't like it. Stop it. Well, the, also, we nailed it last week because we guessed that that was going to happen, that he wasn't going to make it out. Yeah, no no, no big shocker there, but uh, that's yeah. fine. 15. What do you think attracted Vera Formiga to this role she has? Now, we kind of asked something similar earlier in the show, and like my thought process was like, okay, well, maybe she's going to have some sort of, you know, bigger character reveal. Like, you don't hire this actor if you want you know, just a, a, a mediocre filler role, right? Right. At the same time, though, while I wouldn't say that her character is kind of a floaty filler character, I don't know that, like, we got everything out of her that we possibly could have. I think she's a far better actor than the role that she was given for this. And I'm, I don't, I can't quite put a finger on it. Uh, and so I like I feel ultimately the thing that may be attracted to her to this was that where this character may go in the future because she's not gone, she's no. still she's still here at the end of all this. She still no. may have something in there, but I feel like there's got to be more coming to that character sometime down the road because you just don't spend that kind of money and get this kind of actor to 
to fill this role and have it just be, this was it. I, at least I don't think. And it sure feels like it's something that they had to convince her to do. So what do you convince her with? Like, Oh, look, she works for the Kingpin. Yeah. Uh, you'll, you'll have a couple of heart to heart moments and stuff like that. And that's fine. But like, are, right. are you really stretching your legs that much? I don't think so. Right. I don't either. I, uh, it was kind of surprising to see where this character ends up. So, that's why I asked the question. Yeah. And that's why I feel like it's going to come. It, it, there's, there's a decent chance that there, that this may not be the last time that we've heard from this character. And if it is, oh, that's yeah. a really weird, weird choice that you would have gotten, you know, I mean, maybe it's just, I don't know. I, like I said, I was starting to think, I'm like, well, if you put her name on the marquee, as it were, I don't know that, like, she's not that kind of star, but she's somebody that everybody knows. So I don't know. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's an odd, interesting choice. 16. Uh, what's a more disrespectful thing to do on an elevator? Light a giant fart or push all the buttons? So I, I have a question about your, your question here. Mm-hmm. Light a giant fart? Light it up. You you just you rip a fat one. So ripping a giant fart. Yeah. Well, I can't imagine someone just doing it unless it's you know like a prank. Like no no one is just exploding in a, in an elevator. Well, you're on unless, an elevator. Let's say it's one of the slower ones, not one of the ones that goes through the first fifty floors really fast. You ever been on one of those? Those are great. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I got out of one of those, like it was in college. I rode one of those up to s- some building in Charlotte. We were like trying to get some, you know, uh, super high photographs of, of the city and everything. So we rode up on this elevator that went past the first like 50 floors. I got off on this thing. I was like, oh, that's wild, man. And the guy, the guy that was on the other side of the thing goes, I never heard anybody say that since the 60s. No, God, geez, thanks, guy. <laughs> <laughs> this made me think of that for some stupid reason. Uh, but, uh, if if you were just you know on a, on an elevator and you you fart just big time and it destroys, that's it's bad. But like I don't know if it's as bad as pushing all the buttons and making somebody. I've go never through. I've I've never experienced that in real life. I'll, okay. I'll be honest. I've never experienced that. I have experienced like children pressing all the buttons, mm-hmm. and that is something that like if if an adult is doing that, like that's murder. Yeah, that's like, that's straight to choking. Yes, I, you are going to have repercussions for that. But, you know. A child does it. You get out at the next floor and take the yeah. uh, the adjoining you know elevator yes. that's over there. Yes, because you're, it's going to take you a long weekend to get past all of the floors <laughs> if you don't do that. So for me, for me, like it is it is it's terrible if somebody farts in an elevator, but like you don't want to murder somebody. You could hit a, but at the same time too, you could hit like the nearest next button and it just pop right out then. So you do have that as an option as opposed to, I mean, there are options to get out of it, but I'm going to, I don't know. Like I said, it depends on how sensitive you are to fart smells. (laughs) What the hell? It's it's that scene from elf, you know, I mean, yet another nod to a Christmas movie, a different (laughs) Christmas movie where, when he presses all the buttons, ah, uh, 17. Uh, Were you kind of expecting Linda Cardellini to blindside Yelena when Clint was looking like a goner? I don't think I was necessarily expecting it, but like it would have been interesting, but at the same time, too, that also throws away the entire ending. So I, I don't think that that becomes uh, Star Wars special edition when Jabba has his little scene there that doesn't need to be in the movie. She shouldn't, right. she, her being there would ruin that, 
that great ending and the handing over the watch and all that kind of good stuff. So I, I never, never really entered my mind, but would have been certainly interesting for sure. Well, this is all banking on, on Bruce's theory that she's actually Mockingbird, uh, which is great. I, I really hope she is, but I don't, I also don't want to see her come in and save the day. I mean, I, I just don't. I think it's it's more effective if she doesn't, quite honestly. Because it's it's not her story, really. Like, right. like we can we can tell her story, and that's perfectly fine. And I think we're all all, all Linda Cardellini fans, yes. uh, but not not where she belongs in this particular story. Yes, to- uh, agree on all counts. Yes, eighteen. Are the shrunken tracksuit guys who get taken away by the owl about to experience a fate worse than death? I, I love all of it. I, this is so great because this thing, you you see them tiny and you do have that. They have that conversation like, well, how do you undo that? Oh, shoot. I, I guess I didn't really think all that far. Right. <laughs> and, and that owl, which is great. Awesome. So, so great that they, they planted the owl in the tree. So it's not like it's an owl coming out of anywhere. And it looks like the nicest, friendliest owl in the world when it sees Clinton, the little tree. It's like, oh, hey, how's it going, buddy? Oh, all right, this this cool little owl. Little do you know, boom, it goes, picks up the truck, and the little screaming voices of the guys in the truck is like, no, we're all going to die. It's so great. And well, then they just go like, well, I guess he's gone now. Mind, uh, an owl is a raptor. I mean, it's it's going it's going mm-hmm. to eviscerate these people <laughs> in the truck. It finds its prey, it swoops it away, and then destroys it. That's kind of yes. what they do. Yes, it is their job. So, uh, yeah, I, w- I think I would have rather have stayed and been shot with a couple of uh, trick arrows than to be <laughs> to be destroyed. But at the same time, oh, my God, I love so much that, like, this big giant truck barrels over the thing and you're like, oh, my God, what are they going to do? And that's in the, the PIM one that they just kind of they placed in the in the screen there while and during the, you know, the little makeup scene of all the arrows and everything. They kind of place it there. They don't make a whole big deal out of it or anything. And then when it goes, whoop. Oh, it's so good. What a what a great payoff. Uh number what? 19? Uh number 19. 19. Uh, did Kate earn the title of partner that Clint finally gave her? Ah, uh, man. I got a problem with that. Okay. Um I because one like don't get me wrong, I love I I I love Kate Bishop. This version of Kate Bishop is great. I think the actress is great. She hasn't been there. She hasn't been through any of this. Like maybe junior partner, but not <laughs> partner. Like she hasn't done anything. Like yeah, she she beat up some 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 Russian guys in tracksuits. Great. She held her own against the kingpin. Great. She didn't save the universe. She didn't save New York. She wasn't there. She didn't stop a of a, 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 a robot invasion, you know, like th- these are the things that like, you know, like I get that they've got to kind of like speed through this stuff in yeah. order to make all of this new stuff happen. I understand that, but it's the comic bookiness of it all that makes people roll their eyes. And it made me roll my eyes. Like, no, you're not, you know, l- let's, let's work on our own crap here. Like, let's make the, you know, let's let's take baby steps to the elevator. She's not, she's not Hawkeye. She's she's good, 
and I love the character, but she's not Hawkeye. Well, I think ultimately what I think this needed to be now I'll, I'll put it to you this way. He called, he called her partner, but not like she's not an Avenger at this point. And now I think to be considered an Avenger, I think you definitely need to go down that path of you, you did a little bit more than beat up a couple of tracksuit cats. That said, this is also the thing that she absolutely needed to hear in that moment. Yes. Is yes. That's because she's been trying so hard for this goal of to be welcomed and accepted by her hero that when her hero finally just goes like, you know what? You have been busting it. You have been going out here and trying to, you're not perfect every time. No, no one is. And it's especially when you're starting out, you know, this kind of green and everything, you're not bound to do all these stuff, but you know what? She had, a level of ferocity and fortitude that I think a normal person wouldn't have under these circumstances. This is a girl who, much like Clint, uh, says, I need to be here. I need to, you know, try to see this thing through. I want to be the person that helps. I want to be the person who, you know, sees danger down the way and says, you know what, I'm going into that. And, like, it takes a big person to, even though they may not have the, you know, be up to the proper skills of everybody else, it takes a lot of guts to be like, I'm running into that fire as opposed to away from it. And and that's certainly something that I think she needed to hear at that time. And oh, would, for sure. And would be the next thing to catapult her into that, like, true partner level is the, but you, you got to cross that uh, precipice at some point, I guess. Agreed. Totally agree. Here comes Bruce's number 20. How many bones do you think you'd break if you repelled down a New York city skyscraper? Oh boy. Uh, all of them. Yeah. I think all uh, the worst part about all this is like, this that, Oh my God moment when she's going down. Uh, first of all, I love, I love Elena just going like, well, that's a shame. S- shoots the little thing into the ground. The anchor point into the ground jumps out. Like it's absolutely nothing. It's so great. And then her standing up and then having the same reaction that we all would, which is like, what, what, what am I doing? This is, this is dumb. Why am I? No, no, this, this is very, very high. Please. No. And yet still does it. And I love that it doesn't go well. She has that fall that's just all the way down and just barely scrapes it out there at the end of just, you know, becoming a splat on the cement. It's I thought that was really great, but I I think most of us would have just panicked and let go and and died. Yes, absolutely. I've I've always thought I'd be good at repelling, but I know that I wouldn't. It's one of those things that you see and you're just like, you know what? I think I'd have a good way to do that. And I know I wouldn't, but there's something in me that just goes like, I think I'd have done that better. (laughs) I have actually repelled before. I've repelled down the mountain. Um, It is uh, uh, far more scary than I, I was expecting it to be. I've played the climb one and two in, in virtual reality. That's kind of that's kind of like that. You're right. It is the same. It's basically, it, it, it's basically the same thing, really. It, you know, you, you're right. It's it's basically the same exact. Mount thing. Kilimanjaro. Here we come. <laughs> Twenty one. The elevator scene is the second best elevator scene in Marvel. Captain America: Winter Soldier, Soldier being the best. And I know we keep talking about Young Avengers, but this scene makes me think that. We're Get an all-female Avengers-style team. Yelena, Black Widow, Hawkeye, Kate, Monica Rambo, Echo, Ms. Marvel, and She-Hulk. You can't call them the Lady Avengers, so what do you call them? <laughs> the Avengerettes, maybe? <laughs> Is that bad? No. That's- Again, same problem. Uh, <laughs> so, like, I, what do you, you know, what do you call them? You can't, like... Like you can't make it a, a, a like a, a stupid female name because 
too many people already on the wrong side of history are like, oh, the MCU. Oh, you know, that's pretty good. I like that. <laughs> that feels like Bruce came up with that one. But I, I, that, I mean, that's that people are using that as a pejorative. You I know, don't know. So well, like, at the same time, too, maybe let's, you know, maybe it becomes one of those things where the pejorative becomes the, the positive thing. Maybe, you know. The, oh, yeah, yeah, it could be. That's, totally that's their be. version of, you know, it's bad, man. It's real bad. I, I don't yeah. know. But like, yeah, it could be something that's like, and honestly, I'd almost, I don't know. There's part of me that would like to see them kind of even lean into that. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe that's, maybe that's the wrong move. Is you just go like, yeah, it's all Lady Avengers. What what do you got? Well, I just don't think that Marvel would do that at this point. You know what I mean? It feels like they would give them a different, like they might even give them an existing team name. Yeah, this uh, Bruce would be a help on this. He might be able to come up with some, you know, rando team stuff. And and that's the thing, and not for nothing, but Marvel Studios and all these things, it's and usually in good ways takes things that have kind of existed and kind of uh, retcon may not be the exact word for it, but adapts it in a way that, you know, makes it applicable to them. I I could see them doing something like that. If there's another, not the defenders, but let's just, as a name, let's just take yeah, like new warriors or, you know, like, like next wave, you know, these, these, these groups that are already groups in the Marvel universe. And you just name them one of those names. It's like guardians. No one knew who the heck was in guardians before that movie. Like your average movie goer, hell your average movie goer now don't really even know. So, but you know, you could you could you could pick up a an existing name and adapt it in there and come up with some sort of rhyme and reason, I'd imagine. Right. Why not? Number twenty-two. When last we heard from Maya and Kingpin, we heard a gunshot and a large mass hit the ground. Would they have would they bring Kingpin in just to kill him? Uh we hope so. What what happened? What what happened with this? It's is Kingpin dead? That's come from uh, Matthew Van Diver, Secular Man. So, you know, Matthew, I think that uh, the ridiculousness, if you bring this character back to all this fanfare, then you just murder him off already. Like, that's that's not going to happen. Uh, I think it's going to be one of those things. Say what? Biggest blunder if they do. There's no way. There's just no way. I think that you leave it open to interpretation. Like, you know, she thought that she killed him. Uh, you know, he's been shot 17 times already. Uh, like he, he's been shot before. That's what so I love I, about Kingpin as a character, be it here or comics or whatever. He is a juggernaut. He's a guy who can, you know, take a licking and keep on ticking. He's, he's kind of always had that sort of thing where it's just like, oh, you shot an arrow into his chest? Well, he just ripped it out and doesn't care. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, what a great way to start this character back in the MCU is you know he's he wakes up in a hospital, you know that that's pretty great. That's <laughs> and a, how mad's he gonna be if he wakes up in a hospital and just rips everything out of the wall? It'd be it's it's gonna make uh, the Rock in the Fast and the Furious look terrible with like his his like ripping out of that cast. Kingpin's gonna do the exact same thing. He's gonna but he's gonna have a full body cast, but he's just gonna be like Vanessa and then rip everything <laughs> off, stand up, and then go beat the crap out of whoever's closest. He just flexes out of the cast like Hulk Hogan ah. in an old shirt, you know. <laughs> Real American starts playing in the background. <laughs> Marvel, we can have we can have associate producer credits on this. It's okay, we can help. Wait, boy, I really need to hear some Rick Derringer music right now. <laughs> 
you give the people what they want. 23 from Bruce. Can you think of a worse location to participate in a melee than an ice rink? It, it, you know, I, it didn't go as far as I wanted it to. You know, they keep, Clint keeps bringing it up. Like, hey, we're at this ice rink. You know, we got to get out of here. And there's really no repercussions for as long as they're in that ice rink for. Yeah, I mean, you know? I'm sure you've you you know, being a New Englander, you've you've walked around on some uh, some ice there with with no like skates or anything. They were walking on that far too easily. I'm like, you can if it's not you know been zambonied recently, you can do it, but like it's you, there's a little bit of slippage that can still go through. People are walking on this thing like it's asphalt. Well, and that's that's the major. I have with it is that not enough people are walking you know like you're supposed to walk like a penguin when you're people on aren't slipping and follow. stuff yeah and so there there's not nearly enough of that for me and there's no repercussions for our heroes uh being on the ice for as long as they are like they there it there should have been some sort of detriment to them being in the there. third act clint gets hyperthermia <laughs> well I, you know i think Maybe maybe they take a souped-up Zamboni and ride it out of there. I mean, I don't know what to tell you, but something along those lines, something along the lines of, like, repercussions for being on the ice for as long as they And nobody was, like, no one's sliding across there with their feet planted, sliding across, shooting arrows. How, like, come on, that writes itself. Well, you know, they do have that moment where she's sliding across the ice, shooting arrows from her knees. Yeah, there were like I, yeah, there were a couple of good moments, but like, you know, I don't know. Could have been more. I totally agree. I totally agree with you. I want slipping and, and sliding. <laughs> mm-hmm. 24. I know that Bruce was champing at the bit for Latino Mr. Pringles to be swordsman, and I wanted nothing to do with him, but he's great in this episode. I especially like the moment, remember when you peed in your pants in the Hamptons? Because I do. Everyone does. (laughs) And I'm wondering, Adam, how much do you think Bruce appreciated the portrayal in this episode of the swordsman? Because he is the swordsman by the end. Of this oh, show. for sure. I, I love where this character went, and I, I feel like he—he he was our, our potential bad guy all the time. But we also, yeah. I think, we also had a like a little spot of like seems a little too obvious. Uh, I do. I do think that the casting of him uh, did a lot of the heavy lifting mm-hmm. because if it wasn't somebody that we've all seen before in uh, Better Call Saul. And you're like, oh, man, I just don't trust that guy at all. To have him turn out to be a hero is, you know, like a, a, a good turn. But you're right. I can't remember who started it. I, was it you? Was it Bruce? Somebody started with the, I think that the swordsman might be a, a good guy here. Yeah, I, I to me, the big tell, or at least what I thought was the tell, was him kind of being arrested and everything, because that is what, you know, the most logic, if you're a logical person and you believe that you have committed no crime, if you get arrested, you're usually not making that big of a deal. At least I didn't. <laughs> I was like, we're taking you away, and I'm like, this has got to be a mistake. All right, I'll go with <laughs> you. I just don't. I This is nuts. Why are you arresting me? This doesn't make any sense. And it turns out I didn't pay a speeding ticket that I'd had. I thought I did, but apparently I didn't. My uh, ticket ended. My uh, license had been revoked. I got I sped a little bit, and they're like, oh, well, you didn't pay this. Your license is revoked. You're coming away with us. So 
it, it happens, but I also I didn't go off the you know off the ledge going this is a bunch of crap. I I was just like no, there's a mistake here. I don't know what's going on, but this shouldn't be me. This is no big no big deal. And then I proceeded to stay in that jail cell for around twelve hours. It was it was pretty it was pretty bad. Oh no! <laughs> With another person that they brought in eventually. I had the the cell to myself for a while. Then they brought in a guy who was clearly uh, Gonzo. He was he, he was on something or other. I don't know. He was a pretty yeah. I responsive. remember. Yeah. I had a, a the, one of the best worst bologna sandwiches I ever had in jail. All right, question. What are we on? Twenty four <laughs> or twenty five? Rather, excuse me. Uh, this yes. question is kind of a bonus because we've got both sides of the coin here. First one. I was debating if this finale could top Loki, but how does that end credit scene not make this number one? And can I buy tickets to Rogers the Musical? That comes from Aaron M. from Aurora, Illinois. And we also have Nate who writes, uh, is this the worst mid-credits, post-credits scene in MCU history? And why is it Rogers the Musical? That is from Nate King Solomon's Frog. What say you? Um, You know, I like I, I get... I get that they're very clever. Uh, this is a very good um, um, number, Broadway number. Um, it's it's not my style. Like I, it's it's great for what it is. I know exactly what they're going for, and for that, it's 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 very good. It's just not my jam, and that's what it literally comes down to. It's a matter of taste. Like I would imagine that you probably adore this. Oh, it's so good. I I, I love it so much. I like. And and initially when we saw when we saw this play in the first episode and everything, uh, one of my responses was like they really fe- it really feels like they sat down and wrote an honest to god proper song, and we get to see the whole thing here, the whole stage production, and it was like I'm with Aaron, I'm like I would probably buy a ticket to that because it looked I don't know it was like it had all the right elements in it the things that I want from musicals uh everyone in it is really really good I I loved all the singing and the choreography I even like kind of watching these things this way as opposed to even in a theater because while the theater and the live experience is nice I love different camera moves and stuff like that that just adds a little bit more of that experience that you just don't get in person but in person you get to hear the live stuff and that's a different sort of thing so it's ebbs and flows with all of it me I I liked it I liked it a whole bunch I thought the the song was great I I certainly understand people like Nate who uh, that is not what they wanted and they wanted something to bridge this show to whatever the next thing is. And maybe that could have been a post post credit, so to speak. And we've already, and we've already explained this, you know, I, I, they don't all need to be this. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's fine for what it is. It, It, to me, it feels like the eating shawarma post credit scene in Avengers. Like Mm. it's, it's, it's just more of this thing. And there's people who are going to love it, and there's people who are going to hate it. Clearly, because we've heard from both sides, it's it's not my jam, but I know that it's very well done. And you know, I, I watched it the one time, and I was like, oh, that's great. So they are going to make a musical because they're going to make a musical. And and I don't know if it will be called Rogers the Musical, but they're definitely <laughs> going to be making a musical on Broadway about this. I mean, they've done enough of those like weird stage production shows and stuff like that where like you know guys are on wires and ride motorcycles and whatnot so it ain't out of possibility why not 26 does this episode have enough cultural impact to make it socially acceptable for me to wear a sword at all office holiday parties 
So asks Bruce Leslie, owner of many swords. Yeah, this feels like this was the most Bruce question of the week. And uh, I don't know that it'll ever be socially acceptable, but here's the thing. The the way that you make anything socially acceptable is you just do it enough to where people don't start questioning it anymore. And they just go like, that's just what happens. And since Bruce has no problem being known as the guy who brings the swords to office parties. Oh, yeah. I think that you can go ahead. I don't think that anyone will understand that you are making a reference to the show Hawkeye. I think everyone's just going to think, oh, hey, that's the guy who has the swords at the office party. I like the idea that he's just going, no, no, no. Hawkeye made this acceptable. <laughs> like that's his, <laughs> that's his uh, like meaning for everybody. It's just what anyone is. Why are you carrying a sword? Oh, I'm sorry. Have you not seen season one of Hawkeye? It's acceptable now. Shut up. 27. So the MVP of this episode is Yelena's ponytail mohawk, which I have been told is actually called a horse tail. If it's not that, then tell me what is, because I, I don't know anything about women's hair, but my God. It looked really cool, right? <laughs> it's so cool looking. I thought it was great. I was just like, oh, this is a neat. And I love how uh, she's got a, like little, uh, if it's not a peacoat, it's somewhat similar to that. There's like green jacket and everything. The costumes underneath that. The great hair and stuff. I love it. The only thing that, you know, and I, I'm, it's the opposite of what's good for you, but I mentioned it. I think the needle, the ne- the sleeping needle uh, bow or arrow rather, probably still like the top one. But uh, That's very, your favorite. Very close, very close second, the, uh, the, the ponytail mohawk horse thingamajigger uh it was great it was great and and another reason why i I don't know i just i like her so much as an actor and i just i can't wait to see her in more stuff and more marvel stuff come on forget about it 28 i have only one question for you and i'm writing it before i've even watched it you've all been high on the show and understandably so did they stick the landing that's from bo from austin texas and that's more of a question for you and bruce because i've already answered so how do you feel about this? Do you still think the same way? Cause I, you know, our chatter at the beginning of this show was that this is the best of the best of Marvel television. I, I don't know if I would, I would go so far as to say that I will then say, what, and if that's not the case, then what is Oof. it now? Now are we just are we just talking about Marvel net uh, Disney plus? Are we throwing any Netflix stuff in there? I mean, overall, yeah, I think that we throw it all in there. If we throw it all in there, like, those first two seasons of Daredevil were really, really good. Um, But, I mean, keep in mind, too, that they were, there were a couple episodes in the middle of that show where there's a couple, yeah. Good God. Yeah, there, there's a there, there were a couple before we we really realized like, bro, you can just make it eight or six yeah. and it'd be fine, yeah. and no one's gonna be no one's gonna be angry on it as long as it's good. Make six bangers instead of like you know eight good ones and two mediocre ones. Yeah, uh, but ultimately, I, I felt satisfied with the end of the show and where things were going and the possibilities that it opens up for other things. And quite frankly, um. It could even open up for for Hawkeye season two, if we're quite honest. Yeah, you know, I I think, say for Wandavision, you may could do these other shows a, a, another time if and that's something you felt like that you wanted to do. This I feel but like that's not what the question is. Like the question is, like, do, are you satisfied 
do you think that they stuck the landing? Yeah, for what they were trying to do, I think they did it perfectly fine. I, I like, like I said, there's a couple other things that you could maybe nitpick out of it and everything, but as far as what they were trying to do with this show, I think they, I, I think they absolutely accomplished it, and I, I feel like more people. And and you you tell me if you think otherwise. I I don't know that people have been um, as high on this show ultimately as they have been with the other shows, or at least it doesn't feel like there's as much buzz as you know your Winter Soldier and uh, Falcon and. Uh, well, and Wanda you're right. You you are right about that. You know anybody that outside of like nerddom who watches these shows, I haven't heard much from those folks. Like, I don't think there's a ton of people and maybe that changed. But like Loki work. was like everywhere. Like that's what I mean. You know? Everybody saw Loki and, and it feels like not so many people are, are watching. And it may literally just be due to the, the, you know, things that they talk about in the show of Hawkeye having a branding problem. I mean, like there's, there's some, you know, there's a meta analysis to all that. That's certainly true to some degree or another. Yeah. And Bo, Bo, to answer your question, I don't think they did. Um, I, I'm I'm really bummed out with the stuff that I always thought was dumb about Hawkeye, is how they finished the show <laughs> this season. Um, you know, the, like I, I know that that Adam and Bruce are, are nutty about the the trick arrows. I hate them, and I think that the the costume is dumb, and I think that uh, ultimately it feels like it's just more status quo um, at the end of this show. And, you know, I want to move forward and moving forward. Doesn't mean we're introducing yet two more characters to the MCU. Like I'd, I'd like to see progression of plots instead of progression of people, because it, it, there needs to be some sort of forward momentum happening. Like what happened in Spider-Man, you know, uh, at the end of Spider-Man, no way home. I'm no spoilers. There's a lot going on there. Yeah, there's not a whole lot going on here, it's, and not it's a, going on at the same time, which is kind of interesting, right? But it's a good story. You know, this is a good story. It's fun. I just don't think they stuck the landing, and it didn't do the thing that it ultimately wants is asking me to do, which is love the character of Hawkeye, which I I, I still don't. I think he's. I think I, I like him a lot more than I used to, but. You know, if if I didn't have a podcast that was a 30 question show, I would hold off before I, I, I watched the next thing. And so here we are. Yeah. Bruce's 29 reads as if I returned from a business trip with a 22 year old lady, do you think my wife would be as cool as Clint's wife? I think I, I don't know his wife enough to know this. Would, would she flip out? I think she would certainly have questions. We like uh-huh. I, I see her raising an eyebrow, going, "Excuse me, what now?" I could Bruce can he can come back and tell us otherwise, but this is what I think, <laughs> based on based on you know my my limited interactions with her over these years, is that I think she would be like, "Excuse me, what is this? Who is this person? Right. Why is she here? <laughs> What's going on?" But I honestly I think that is, I think that is what really informs her character and the character between the two of these people, because ultimately save for, uh, you know, Captain America and, and, uh, what's her face there? Peggy Carter. Carter. This is like the other real big love interest thing in, in the Marvel MCU right now. And well, what about Tony and pepper? 
like I said, this of the two that count, <laughs> this is in there. I like I, I could give a I could give two Fs about that. But Ant Man and Wasp. Okay, maybe. All right, I could give you a little bit there, but like within these two characters, there is a level like they feel like an actual couple. You know, they do. it's age they do. appropriate. You it know, feels correct. And uh, it just the fact that this this woman has sat back. She's clearly, as we find out in this episode, has had some field experience. She's not a complete newbie, as we suspected, because she was way too cool with all of the stuff that's going down. No wife that doesn't have any experience with all this stuff would be like, yeah, this seems fine. No. Oh, and the biggest one of all, Adam, w- Wanda and Vision, of course. Oh, they, yeah. They- they made an entire series out of it. But not for nothing. <laughs> I think that's more about her love than than the love between the two of them because technically I don't does he not I don't know if technically he counts there because she's he was kind of like an amalgamation of thoughts and ideas from her. So I don't mm-hmm. is that a self love story? I don't know. Coming to terms with things. But no, I don't like any any time you bring if you're in your 40s and you bring a 22 year old lady home and your wife is there, but that's but the smart thing was is that you brought the dog along, right? And and uh, was Lena was yeah. there too? Yes. No. Or, or no, no, no. The dog was there. Something else? Am I missing? It's just the dog. Just a dog. It's the dog and her. But they they go. I brought home a couple of strays. So it's like yes. somehow with the dog being in there, it's just like. This girl and her dog needed a place to stay, so we're cool with that. But at the same time, too, that's when you know you've got a good lady when she just goes, it's not even remotely in his nature to think like that. Ergo, I don't even think nothing about it because why would he even? That's a, that's a, that's a good lady to have. And, and, of course, if Clint is that guy, which we, we've totally been led to believe that he is, he wouldn't be that person. Nor And if he was, he certainly wouldn't bring him home. You know what I mean? Uh, so I don't know. I, I, to me, I thought that was kind of a, a great character moment for them to have that actually happen and her being, you know, totally cool with it because she realizes what this is, who Clint is, what his job is. And that oddly enough, he seems to be teaming up with ladies all the time. So, you know, not all, not all wives are going to be completely cool with that. You know, if she trusted him with, 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 uh, Natasha, he's definitely yeah. going to trust her. With I was this like, "That's a, that's a pretty good looking lady right there." So if you yeah. if you're fine with that, and just go like, "Nope, it's a platonic relationship," and and I I really love that it always was that with those two characters, yeah, and that it never too. got to any sort of it's not even hinting prefer, at a weird I, thing, you know. I always prefer that because it's so much harder to write that, and it's so much more interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I, I just I, I prefer that so much, you know. I, I, I it because it it it's difficult to write a, to to write that, you know. Like, yeah, and you make them look like a like a scumbag when it's just like, listen, uh, it's real. I love my wife, but it's complicated. I really love you because we spend all this time together and our, our lives are intertwined in this you know inseparable way and blah blah blah. I don't want that. For God's sake, have people be good every once in a while. Have have your good people be good people, you know. Agree. Let's round out this season with question 30. So Adam, what do you take away from this season of Hawkeye? Well, um, I, for me, I've, I, I like Clint much more as a character now. Like, I feel like we saw a bunch of little blips of this along the way throughout the MCU and to really kind of see things play out, really get to see who this character is and, you know, 
like like we saw in the in the in the Rogers the musical. It's like he was just that guy. And now we've given that guy a little bit more uh, agency. We've allowed him to do more things and, and be the person that he is and deal with the the tragedy in his life that was via the blip, uh, losing you know members of his family, losing Natasha and all this stuff. And how does one recover from tragedy and and how do, how do they bounce back in life and like and the, the with Kate trying to you know live up to an expectation of someone who doesn't even know that she exists she's this hero worship from afar and then being able to you know not only meet that 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 hero of hers but then to perhaps not a a, a, a an equal per se but to be even thought of in the same breath of like this person who I, you know, am, am crazy about and have kind of modeled my life after, you know, since this tragedy, this guy takes me into his fold in any way, shape or form. Like that's powerful for people to just, you know, to have somebody that's on that outside, you know, say, hey, no, you're welcome over here. You can you can be in this group that you've always kind of wanted to be in you know you you've shown us that you're you're ready and you know willing to do this and i think that's awesome i think that, and that to me that's a great take home for this is just you know is the mentoring of other people and just being able to pass on what you you know what you do and what your credo is i guess for clinton in this particular case uh for me i take away this uh and and i will make it much much quicker which is that when you first meet Hawkeye in, I believe it's Thor. Mm-hmm. When he's up on the catwalk, I have the shot. Yeah. I did not immediately think to myself, awesome. <laughs> I was like, oh man, they really shoehorn that character in here. And, it, and, and they did it clunky and it's stupid. Uh, to where we are now, where, you know, when he shows up in something else down the line here, I'm going to be like, oh, sweet Hawkeye. Yeah. Um, and that wasn't always the case. So that's my big takeaway from from these six episodes. Yeah. And that, you know, it, when given the right material, Jeremy Renner really can deliver. He can. It's, it's, it's one of those guys that I think, I don't want to say people write off, but may, perhaps don't think of him in that way as much as they would perhaps other people. But right. he, he, I think he really showed in this. It's like, nah, bro, I, I do got some chops. And if you give me the right stuff, we can make it happen. He's like that one tier down from, you know, the, the main superstars of Marvel. Mm-hmm. That's, and that's fine. There's the, like, the, you need that's those a great people to live. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You, 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 not everybody needs or should be, you know, a Robert Downey Jr. level kind of thing. Yes. You, you don't I, need Jesus, 15. How tiring would that be if there was four different? Oh, it's so much. And not for nothing. It, you know, there's no real spoilers here, but with, within like Spider-Man, no way home to where, him kind of letting go a bit of the Tony Stark stuff, you know, towards the end of just kind of going like, Hey, I kind of, I kind of got to be me kind of can't live in this guy's shadow forever because, yeah. you know, do we need a Spider-Man who's also, you know, Tony Stark in a way? I don't think so. Yeah, totally agree. 
So that is it for uh, this episode and of this season. Uh, we'd like to thank everybody who uh, emailed us questions over uh, these six episodes, and we'll have more of this stuff coming in the future, and uh, we'll be doing the next Marvel show, whatever that happens to be. I don't know that we have an official timeline for all of these things yet, but 2022 seems to be chock-a-block full with a bunch of Marvel and uh, and Star Wars stuff, and uh, we'll continue to do all those things. In the meantime, Sean, where can we find more of your work on the Internet? We got a new show coming out next week called The Book of Boba Fett, 30 Questions. Show up for that. And we've got the show that we've been doing for a million years called Hero Movie Podcast. Please listen to that. Uh, yeah, thank you guys so much again. And uh, check out uh, Bruce on YouTube at uh, Bruce Leslie and uh, Anime Dad and all that kind of good stuff. Anime IO, check all of his stuff out as well. And uh, in 2022, I'm bringing back the film find. I'm saying it here for the first time. Wow. I'm going to be doing it a lot more often. I've just found that like, I, I want to try to make myself watch more things because you, mm. you know how it is with this. I tend to watch most of the things for our podcasts and stuff. Like those yeah. are the more appointment viewing for me. And like, I've watched, I've watched, I've still watched plenty of movies this year, but like, I just, I need an excuse to watch more things and, uh, you know, kind of making myself do film finds and stuff so I can, you know, finally watch some more things and, and talk about them and whatever. Uh, that, that's what I want to do a little bit more in 2022. So check out the uh, the film find wherever you find that kind of good stuff. That's it, everybody. Uh, check out Here Movie Podcast. Join us for uh, Book of Boba Fett 30 Questions. If you're subscribed to our Mandalorian 30 Questions podcast, boom, you're already set to go. It's going to be right there. If not, just check out 30 Questions wherever you find podcasts and uh, all of our shows will pop up. Subscribe to all of them. Rate all of them. We really appreciate all that. Uh, that is it, everybody. Uh, for Sweet Johns of Kovacs from the internet, the absent Bruce Leslie, I'm Adam Portridge. And remember, my go-to weapon is two sticks and a string, so... Mm-hmm.